You're listening to the Modern Web Podcast. For more podcasts, videos, and events, find us online at modern-web.org or follow us on Twitter at modern.web. That's M-O-D-E-R-N-D-O-T-W-E-B. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Modern Web. So excited here. My name's Tracy. Uh, we are at Render Atlanta. A lot of people are calling it Render ATL. Render Atle. Render Atle. Render Atle. My name is also Tracy. What's <laughs> my name, Tracy? Uh, ben Lash is oh, my co-host today. Right. You can follow him on Twitter at B E N L E S H Ben Lash. Yeah, or you can just follow Tracy and she'll retweet all my stuff. Mm, he thinks I do. <laughs> she does not. <laughs> yeah. Where's my why, retweets, why bro? Yeah, Where's I, my I retweets? Retweet your stuff all the time. I'm gonna like start dropping into DMs. You have, like, like, why didn't you retweet though. my stuff? I don't have sub-accounts. All right. I, I retweet both both y'all's stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Scott! <laughs> I can reliably drop it to Scott Stevens and be like, could you retweet this for me? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Scott, you are our amazing um, guest today. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, my name is Scott Talinsky. I... Um, I'm a developer. I live in Denver currently, um, and I am the co-host of the Syntax podcast that I do with West Boss three times a week. And um, I've been doing YouTube tutorials since 2012, teaching web dev stuff, and just overall have been in the game of um, teaching what I've been working on all day at work since, I don't know, basically since I, I started developing. Yeah. So yeah. like... Okay, right now you're at Century and you were doing level up tutorials and syntax, but that was your full time job, it sounds like, or was it? Well, like, yeah, so I, I was working full time as a dev until 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started the YouTube channel in 2012 as just a means of uh, filling time in my evenings. Uh-huh. Uh, so, you know, I, I was just Those kind of. Children. Yes, before children. <laughs> no kids, huh? Yes. Uh, before kids, uh, my wife was getting her doctorate, so uh, she was very busy. Um, and uh, I, I used to do breakdancing um, three times a week. Um, and when I, I got an injury, I got a concussion, it put me out for a year, and I basically needed something to fill that space with. And so I filled that space with a, a YouTube channel. And uh, that's that's kind of how it all started. And uh, I, I got... Uh, you know, a little bit of retweets from some of the SaaS creators initially uh, when I first started and that blew up my channel kind of initially. And it slowly and slowly became my career until I could quit my job in, in 2017. Um, actually, the the week of the birth of my first son, oh my uh, I, I was... Uh, you I was your, job. your wife is like, what are you doing? I was recovering from <laughs> <laughs> the whole initial experience. And um, my boss at the time, it was like a, a small startup in Denver. And my boss was just on me about a bunch of stuff that didn't matter. You got to do this. You got to do that. It's, it's like we're in an alpha stage of the product. Nobody's using it. It's Sunday at 10 o'clock. I just had my first kid. And he, here she is just like calling and emailing me like crazy to get stuff done. And I said, I, I, I can't do this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and that, that's really how it went. I said, listen, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta quit. And the, uh, the other, the co-founder was like, I get it. Yeah. This oh. is a lot. Uh, oh. I get it. You, I can tell exactly why you quit. So, um, Did she get fired after that? the, the whole company ended up blowing up. They, oh. they got another lead dev on the project that did not last very long and then it blew up shortly after that and yeah. just totally fizzled out yeah 
yeah, I was doing that for about a year. But at that point, it was like, uh, hey, uh, I, I need to switch up something. So I, I had been friends with Wes Boss for a, a while at this point. And uh, we had... the whole name, Wes Boss? Or is it Boss for sure? No, it's his whole name. It's it's ridiculous. I have a long name. His his whole name is, sh- is uh, shorter than my last name, which is like really unfortunate if you're trying to build a, a brand online. Yeah. Um, I mean, his his whole name is is one letter shorter than mine. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's absurd. I always thinking you know, I should have come up with like a stage name or something to to match Wes's name. But yeah, no. So he, he uh, yeah, it was just like I we messaged him and we had talked about doing a podcast, but never jumped on it and. I was like, listen, man, we got to do this podcast. <laughs> we got to do something. And um, I wasn't really particularly ready to quit my job at that point financially, but I had to do something and I, I made the jump and uh, went for it. Yeah. Is, is Wes all in on Svelte also? Uh, he is, I wouldn't necessarily say he's all all in, but he's into it. Um, in fact, I, we're working on the, the next version of the Syntax site right now, which is like going to be a big, uh, big overhaul of everything. And we're doing an installed kit, so he's he's definitely all in in that regard. I don't know, I don't know if he's going to be using it for all of his own personal projects, but I think he and I both come from a background of you know like mustache style templating or even that sort of thing where Svelte can really feel a little bit more well. One, it feels closer to the DOM, but it can feel a little bit more old school in that sort of way. And I think we both really appreciate that. When you say mustache, is all I think is. Ember. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> you got an ember background. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then Angular, which is funny because mm-hmm. it's like, well, if you like Ember, you should, you obviously would like Angular, which means you obviously like you, <laughs> which means obviously now you like Svelte as well. So yeah. it's all the same. It's all a similar vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, especially like I feel like Vue three. Uh, and Evans, Evans here this time. Mm-hmm. Evan's a great guy. I, I feel like Vue 3 kind of took like some of the better ideas from Svelte and some of the mm-hmm. better ideas that already existed in Vue and some of the like they like and some of the better ideas that existed in React with like hooks and whatever and just kind of like merge those. And it's funny I say one of the better ideas in, in React is hooks and like the thing I probably hate the most about React is, is hooks. But come um, closer, oh, man. I'm supposed to move closer. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know earlier I was tapping the, the oh table yeah and she was stopping my hand from tapping the table while I was talking. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm like a fidgety guy, so I'm always like bopping around on the desk, and Wes is like, you're bumping the desk. Oh, it's like, I can hear it. Oh, okay, yeah. sorry, oops. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, there's, um, but Svelte, uh, interestingly for me about Svelte is Svelte has total interop with RxJS observables. Mm. Oh, of course he's going to slide in. Yeah, no. RxJS. No, it, it's true. Like it, it, That's why we're here, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> if you have an RxJS observable, it will just bind in mm. the template without any work at all. Oh, nice. Um, and I added a PR to do that. It was like two lines of code to actually make sure that that worked. Oh, my gosh. Um, so observables are everywhere. They're okay. in spelt, for I'm sure. I'm just teasing you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm so excited. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, if, if we look back at, like, you know, when, you know, Angular and React and Vue were coming up, right, you look at it and people are like, oh, this new thing, React. And it's like, uh, React is older than Angular people, <laughs> you know. And I think it's the same thing with um, Svelte, right? Like, people are like, oh, Svelte, solid, quick, all these things are so cool and new. And then you're like, well, I mean, they've been around for a while. It's kind of like the whole, like, well, not all of them, but. It's kind of like the longer than people think, I think. Totally. Right? Yeah. And then it's like, um, but, you know, it's, it's that whole idea of like, you know, 
you build something cool and then you launch it and then you launch it again and you launch it again until somebody actually realizes mm -hmm. something and then all of a sudden there's traction, which is great. Was it like that for you all? Like, how did you, mm. did people just like get excited because y'all were building it? The, like, for syntax or for, like, for? Well, I mean, just like Svelte in general, the like oh, community. Do you or, feel like it just like? It was version three. Uh, you know, I, I had actually, I'd worked in Svelte starting in version two. And um, so a little bit of my background is I, w I was doing like a um, like a 24 video tutorial course a month uh -huh. for the past three or four 20, years. Wait, 24 videos. 24 videos. So I was doing like a full okay, course. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. So the way I would do it is I would spend the first half of the month planning um, the uh, one week I would spend recording, you know, four or five videos a day and then edit release next month. Um, and so Svelte 2 was when it had jumped on my radar in terms of like something that I wanted to cover on my platform. And I, I was working in it and working in it. And it just was like, all right, there's not a big audience for it. And then Svelte. So you felt like nobody cared about Svelte 2. At, at that point, I, yeah. I felt like it was a cool thing, but it, it didn't have major traction or anything. And then when Svelte 3 hit, I think there was a big shift in like, oh, this has gotten really good. Yeah. Um, what was the difference? It, it felt more, it felt more streamlined. It felt more complete, so to say. Like, it really felt like a, a mature platform that you could use. And the big thing missing at that point was a, like a Next.js style meta framework. Um, and now, of course, SvelteKit has filled that. There was Sapper before, which was the, the meta framework before. But uh, I know people had complaints with Sapper. I had built like a, a lot of things in Sapper and I never really, had built like a big platform in it, but um, for at least like a personal site, it worked very well. And But SvelteKit, um, I built my entire tutorial training platform on it and it is robust. It is a, a great platform to build on, so. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Ben? What about me? What are your thoughts? <laughs> about like, I think that, um, I, I don't know, these, the, the new, the new like the SvelteKits and stuff, actually just today, I He's saw- He's the grumpy man who's it, like, yeah. this <laughs> is, Legacy technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This works not in legacy technology, right, right, people. Right. <laughs> I'm just All teasing. Right. I'm just so teasing. I'm just so teasing. So if you want me to say something uh, grumpy about the server-side rendering stuff, is like, <laughs> yeah. Here's, here's my grumpy take on it: is everyone talks about what a huge deal it is like it's such a big deal this framework can server-side render and this one can't blah 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 and then you ask them like are you using server-side rendering mm -hmm. at work and they're like no we can't do that yet because blah 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 they have some reason and you're like but you just told me it was like the biggest deal and they're like but it is a big deal for the future yeah. it's like so when are you going to move to this like I don't know but, <laughs> but that's my only complaint about that but I do at the same time the other side of me says yes this is the future it's a big deal that um you I know, feel like so server side rendering. me and Ben back when like um you know I feel like we had more time this was like pre-COVID days when we like be spending more time like in conferences and hotel rooms and board I'd be like Ben I really want to learn this thing like I remember with Vue I was like let's do some Vue together and like previously he'd be cool with it mm -hmm. right he'd be like yeah let's do it whatever and then you'd be like Tracy I don't want to look dumb I haven't <laughs> done this before no but I think how am I looking dumb but I think I don't know, Ben. You, know, you wouldn't do view with me because you're like, look, I don't want to. This well, was I mean, a while ago. Like, this is like back. But like for my, it's like, all right. So does somebody really want to watch somebody else's like? Yes. You'd be surprised. Like, yeah. Yes. People well, do you think they'd rather have like stumble. Rich Harris go through Svelte or something? No. Okay, me and yeah. Ben, like some of our most popular things that people watch are like, oh, it's 3 a.m. in the morning. I'm bored. We're waiting for our airplane. 
then teach me how to do uh, like you know what was it um, like uh, art in ArcGIS or something like that. What? I don't yeah. remember doing that. Does that We've is that really a lot of popular one? stuff on the internet? You you'd be surprised. Like I, I you know live coding is like a big thing on Twitch and stuff like that. And it was, as somebody who want to see they want to judge. They, I don't know what it is. Yeah, <laughs> I mean for somebody who's, who started on YouTube, it was hard for me to be like, why don't people want to watch that? But they they do. And yeah. and you know yeah, it, it's yeah. different for me. I'm not going to watch somebody live code, but people know, right? are into do you it. Do listen to podcasts? Yeah, a lot. You do. Just oh. a tremendous amount. Yeah, a lot of podcasters don't listen to podcasts. I listen to a lot of non tech podcast do you listen to tech podcasts um i listen to maybe like one or two um shop talk i'll listen to um yeah for me it's just that i i I consume so much of this stuff in other ways i'm like looking i I end up listening to like five or six different hockey podcasts or i I listen to a british detroit lions podcast a lot of sports stuff right because i can british detroit yeah yeah which you would be there so there's like three or four detroit lions podcasts thing i could even like let's pick the worst team in the nfl that only the only people that are fans are people like myself that lived in michigan yeah totally and then we're gonna go over the ocean and find a group of people that would ridicule it for even being called football to begin with, to be fans of the worst team in it's, the NFL. It's shocking because out of the Detroit Lions podcast that exists, which there are multiple of, it is by far like the best in terms of analysis. It's the, the least cringy. It's like overall, like really, I have no idea how these guys, because they're they're not American. <laughs> I have no idea how they became Lions fans. I don't, like, it makes me want to listen to it because I feel like I would just like get Ted Lasso vibes. Oh, you know? it's, it's, oh, it's, it's wild, yeah. 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 Yes, I'm into it. Yeah. But yeah, but I think we need to start doing that stuff, like just ridiculous things again. Pull you in. We can like do weird stuff in Svelte and be like, don't watch this. Yeah, get weird in Svelte. Yeah, get weird in Svelte. <laughs> yeah, That's a good name for a podcast, actually. It is. Uh, yeah, you know what? The thing I like most about working in Svelte, though, like you might appreciate it, just how like similar and close to the Dom it is. You know, the the heart, I, I worked in React for so long um, that like that was always my biggest hurdle was always having to avoid the dom and like the moment you can truly embrace the dom i mean svelte has like a feature called actions where you're essentially just tossing lifecycle methods onto dom elements so it, it opens up oh now you don't have to create even a component you just have lifecycle on any dom element and you can attach things to it and do what you know custom events and whatever just directly from from the dom itself and it's, it's lovely yeah 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 it's uh it's uh, that was one aspect of Svelte that I like. I, I like the fact it's it's templated. Like a lot of people are all in on JSX, and JSX is pretty cool if you want to do functional programming. You think I of all people would be the person to be like, oh, this is awesome. Um, but it it has it has its limitations as far as like what you can do at build time with mm-hmm. static analysis and. Um, yeah, but then the whole thing of like everything that gets fired happens during this render function. So mm-hmm. if you want to do anything, you have to re-render the component. Like it's kind of it's just this bizarre thing. Yeah, and JSX, even just the ergonomics of writing JSX, have never like really. I've never. I mean, even from day one, I don't think I was ever truly like sold on writing JSX, which always bums me out when like a new framework adopts JSX. And I get it. the The tooling is there. Everybody knows it. it it's easier to increase adoption that way, but like, like the TypeScript thing, with it, though. the TypeScript yeah. stuff is great with it. But like, 
I could do without fragments. I could do without class name. I could do without the name. Boolean props. Is like when you pass a, a prop of the same name. The only times I swear when I go to write regular HTML and I write class name instead of oh class, God. just out of habit. Just out of I'm habit. Like, God damn React. There's just like so many little things about React that, or JSX specifically, that bug more 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 in JSX than React itself yeah. that bug me. <laughs> Okay, so after this podcast, y'all are starting a new framework, yeah? Of course. <laughs> that's, what, that's what happens at conferences, right? Yeah. It's like, I, I heard like three or four bullet points of why uh, React could be better in some way. Like, I, I mean, <laughs> React is, right now, the thing about React is it's got such momentum that even you though... You can't compete with the community. Mm -hmm. no, just, no honest person could look at React in the face of all frameworks right now and be like, this is the best framework mm -hmm. at every technical level. Not even anyone in the React team, I think, could, could do that, realistically. Um, Unless you're it, a beginner, uh, and then you're just like, yeah, of course it's but, the best. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I will say that you know, career-wise, if you don't know React, it's probably not going to work out too well for yeah. you as a front-end developer because it is everywhere. Totally. jQuery is everywhere. It's in, in, <laughs> in maintenance mode, yeah. A lot, of, a lot of jQuery out there. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean, we should definitely check out some of your Svelte stuff then. It sounds like you have a lot of tutorials and things like that there. But uh, I want to move on to the YouTubing part. Or yeah. like the, like, you know, it's, it's you know, Kent Dodds, for example, right? He went independent recently mm -hmm. and, and things like that. And it's like, it's a whole nother world and like a whole nother um skill set mm -hmm. you know so like i mean a lot of people i i feel like within our industry are trying to go independent by creating content like what's the uh like how do you actually make it work like what do you think people are doing <laughs> wrong and like what do they need to do to actually be successful yeah i mean i've done everything wrong in it over the course of it i've had a long time to learn but there wasn't like a big playbook on how to do it when i started uh when i first started, launched my channel there was like maybe one or two other big web dev youtube channels out there and so for me i, I had to make a lot of mistakes along the way and one of those big mistakes was essentially trying to go from YouTube doing everything for free for so long to being able to support myself as a career. So when it was a nights and weekends project, it was really easy to say, all right, here's um, what was I? I was releasing like 250 videos a year, mm -hmm. uh, just straight tutorials. I was doing. It was a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I was. Well, so so what I was, I was working on mostly Drupal and WordPress in, in my day to day. So it's really easy to crank out like a six or seven minute WordPress tutorial on one aspect of WordPress or Drupal mm -hmm. um, and then do that until you have one hundred and twenty videos on Drupal itself. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and that's like really how I how I got started. But like that was the plan when I was was a nights and weekends project. I want to make some ad rev to cover my rent. Uh, and it's like, oh, okay, that that's going to work. But when you're trying to buy a house and have kids and have a career off of that, um, it's not going to work. And so the challenge was trying to convert that into something that could sustain me financially as a business. So then I, I moved things behind the paywall. Uh -huh. But when you have even like, so my YouTube channel at that point. Was like, it YouTube behind a paywall or was it like your own site? It was my own site. Well, so this was all YouTube at this point and up until like 2017 is when I moved it behind a paywall is when I was quitting my job and trying to, to actually like make a living off of it. The hard part is, is like, even though I had, you'd think I have 300, 350,000 subscribers on YouTube at that point. And you'd think that 
oh, 350,000 subscribers. That's a lot of people that you could get to buy your stuff. Yeah. turns out those people don't want to buy your stuff. Mm -hmm. That you've been giving them 250 free videos a year. They don't want, <laughs> they don't want to pay for that anymore. So I, I would start to ask for uh, even small amounts of money. Here's a twelve. Here's twenty four videos for twelve dollars or huh. or twenty four dollars. Yep. Yeah. And and it's and they'd be like, just nothing but downvotes and spamming the comments oh about how how like you know you're trying to how dare you how dare you right yeah. yeah and so that was the hardest part for me is trying to go from giving away everything for free, which is really what I wanted to do, mm -hmm. to asking people to pay for it um, and not necessarily understanding how I could make that transition. And one of the ways I tried to make that transition was to do like uh, the West Boss style model where you release one huge course and, and charge a lot of money for it. And it's like this big, complete course, right? Uh, and my, Ken did that too, right? Yeah, yeah. And my course was on React Native. Mm -hmm. Terrible idea because React the, the course went out of date in like two months because react native at that point in time was changing super rapidly so a lot of the things like expo didn't exist at that time um and a lot of the the techniques and, and things that i was showing were like just almost <laughs> instantly invalidated oh, no. and i had put out this giant course about it and i was like oh this is this is uh i'm having so many problems with customer service around it having to now support and re-record things so that's when i went to the subscription model all right i'm gonna do a course a month it's going to be behind a subscription model. And that took a long time to build up uh, people willing to to pay for that. But um, ultimately, you know, people who had found my content through YouTube, I had tried several ways of getting them to buy things. I would say, all right, here's five free videos and the rest of them are behind a paywall. People would get through the first five videos, hit that paywall and then start getting angry. <laughs> because oh, they have, really? oh, I'm at a pay, like, oh, you're going to make me pay, even though I'm upfront about it the whole time. So then I shifted my YouTube channel to be more of YouTube style content. Here's, you know, five things I like better about Svelte than React. So you like know, that type of stuff. Teaching, less teaching, more like, more like five hot, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. The kind of stuff that got, got shared at YouTube at that time. And then saying, okay, well, if you like the way I explain things, then you might also like all of my courses. Oh. And that seemed to work. Oh, um, and that, nice. that, uh, that was like the type of thing that would grow my subscription base instead of like trying to tease out content, uh, in the same way that I was doing for YouTube. So it's a, it's a journey. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you still yeah. do that. Cause I think, um, is it view? It's not view master. I can't remember one of the one of the view um, one of the view education sites. They mm -hmm. do that where they like give you, you know, three or four free videos or something like that, and then they make they put it behind a paywall. Yeah, we do that now on Level Up Tutorials, but well, actually not anymore as of March. But um, we were doing that, but instead of releasing anything on YouTube, we would do it all on our site. So that way, it wasn't like and then like, your your yeah. YouTube stayed like the bloggy style kind yeah. of just like more fun content just trying to act as like a, a funnel onto the website mm -hmm. and the website would be like all right here are the courses here's you know what's coming next month or whatever so but did it feel you know. like did you ever feel like youtube could like into like by itself monetize or did you did you were, has it just always been a funnel it's 
since since we went to the paid model, it's been a funnel. It, okay. the, the ad revenue was like nothing. At one point, the ad revenue was paying my rent. Mm-hmm. And then overnight, they like slashed in half. And then like a, a year or two later, slashed in half again. Yeah. Next thing you know, I'm getting the same amount of views, the same amount of anything, but I'm making a quarter of what I was making before. Oh my gosh, that hurts so much. Oh, and and that's, that's the kind of thing where you learn like, well, I can't trust this platform. Yeah. 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 You have to take it on your own platform. Um, So it was a big learning experience, but now uh, level up tutorials, which is at level up.video is completely free. Um, We have. um, After the center acquisition. Yeah. So we have a couple thousand videos for free. Uh, I have a full Svelte kit course, a lot of like brand new stuff that's all for free. And we're still going to be releasing free content all the time on there. So yeah. Yeah. That's always been the goal for me. So yeah. Can we be on it? Yeah. Under a new uh, getting weird with... Getting, yeah. Anybody can be on it. I thought you were going to say assumed identities or something. But. No. No. That'd be cool, though. Are, are your kids old enough that you hate YouTubers yet, though? Uh, I hate YouTube kid kids youtubers <laughs> my my uh my son like has we've had to block youtube kids on everything because really? he'll just be like he'll just be watching like i don't like he'll he'll find a way to to get into it and then be like watching some guy play with toys and we're like no this is very like, weird uh, do you do you like the um there's a lot of people that don't like this guy but i like the song the construct the i'm an oh excavator I'm an oh. excavator. I don't know that one. No? Yeah. But that was oh, one of my son's it's like favorite weird. words growing up. So, yeah. yeah. Maybe he listened to this. But they said the guy's creepy. So they said, don't watch the videos, but the songs are creepy. Uh, the guys are creepy. Uh, yeah, yeah. it's just, yeah. There's just so many of them that are just like, people that started doing YouTube and maybe they were young and like in their 20s or whatever. Mm-hmm. But now they're like in their 30s and they're still acting like they're in court and they're like doing dumb gags and playing Minecraft and screaming a lot while they're playing Minecraft. And I'm just like, you know, you could play Minecraft and scream. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. You know, if you want to make a ball pit in the closet and jump into it and video it yourself. Like yeah. How crazy this is. You don't have like, to watch somebody. You don't have to watch some like 30 year old man. <laughs> You can do this yourself. I don't know. It drives me crazy. Like, I can't. I hate that they're making money off of it, too. Like, I know. Like, yeah, I would, it's like, a little weird. When you, when you said that, that YouTube cut back, like, I was like, God, I hope those people made less money because I hate them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. I don't hate a lot of people in the world, but I hate yeah. the, the, these YouTubers that, like, well, are you, are you going to, um, so, I mean, everybody has different opinions. So, you know, being, being all tech parents, right? It's like everybody has different opinions about what to expose your children to. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, my child is under two so you know i'm still no no screen time oh yeah unless he's sitting in my lap and i need to cut his nails and he can watch coco melon he's mm-hmm. very excited about those experiences coco melon i love coco melon oh yeah it's so repetitive though. it's so repetitive but man coco uh, melon all day every day um <laughs> yeah being a youtuber like have mm-hmm. you thought about your kids maybe starting a channel or yeah you know, my, <laughs> my son has, I mean, he's six. He's, he's, he's said something about wanting to do something with that. And I like very off the cuff and it's like, okay, you know, I'll help you. Whatever. We'll yeah. see. You Maybe we can do something fun or whatever. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it's really whatever truly he wants to do right now. He wants to be a scientist. So yeah, they're kids. Yeah. They're, kids. Yeah, it's, they're not going to know what they want to do until they're like 20 something. Totally. So we got him a book of science experiments and I just got him this like uh, there's a, a kit for like $14 on Amazon, which is like a 
intro to electronics kit. And all it is is basically a breadboard um, with some LEDs and, and a battery, and you can get the LED to turn on. And so we're going to start doing some electronics experiments together. Um, we've done some of those like little robot kits and stuff like that. And he goes nuts for that stuff. So um, I'm not going to lead him into anything, whether it's YouTubing or anything yeah. like that. But if he wants to, I'll help. I mean, I got I have a lot of experience. So yeah, I just I just want my kids to be adults that are healthy and happy. And yeah. you know, I want not, my child to be a at five. Yeah, not jerks, uh, not right? Jerks. Yeah, that's the biggest thing is I don't want them to be jerks. Okay, so um, any other like things you're excited about lately? Yeah, so uh, we can talk about like the century stuff. Yes. So um, in in March, and this had been going on for a little bit, you know. So we started the podcast in 2017, the Syntax Podcast, and um, was it a revenue generator too? Yeah, and, and you know, Wes and I had initially looked at it as like, listen, we we both have a big list of things we like and don't like about podcasts, tech podcasts, normal podcasts, whatever, and we were really aligned on like this is all the stuff we like and this is all the stuff we don't like about podcasts. And like, what if we just did one that was all the stuff we liked about them? And so, so when we put it together, the initial goal was like, oh, you know, maybe we'll get some sponsors here and there, but you know, we can point people back to our courses. We can teach something and have the entire goal of it to be educational, but we can always point people back to our courses. So it's like another kind of funnel to your, mm -hmm. your content. Okay. Totally. And we both had so much experience talking on a microphone in that sort of way. Yeah. Uh, and by episode four, we had sponsors because we both had big audiences in different places. He had mm -hmm. a big Twitter audience. I had a big YouTube audience. My, my audience didn't know his audience. And it just worked that, you know, by launching this thing with both of our audiences, it, it, it got big quickly. And so even in that first year century was one of our, our first sponsors. They, they, um, you know, they noticed really quickly and, um, they had been supporting us for so long. So for years and years and years, they were a great sponsor of ours. And they came to us last year sometime and wanted to talk about potentially working together. And by by March, uh, we were acquired along with Level Up Tutorials by Century. And the whole goal is really just to do what we're doing, but do it better. Do it, yeah. do it bigger. Free. And for free. Yeah, that's always been the goal. And like so many people told us, you need to launch a Patreon. You could make so much money doing a Patreon and putting yeah. stuff behind a paywall and whatever. And it's like, man, that's like exactly the thing we're trying to avoid. Yeah. Um, and so when they came to us and said, do what you're doing, but now you can do video live streams, more, more interesting content, video, whatever. And also you won't have to sell ads. You won't have to throw three like, ads on each episode. Yeah. yeah. And, and just like a better experience for the users. And that like really spoke to us. So it was, it was a good deal. And we just decided like, hey, um, you know, not too many companies are going to give you this opportunity yeah. to give things away for free and to, you know, help the community in this way. And that's like really entirely what we've always, both of us have always been about is this, like trying to sustain ourselves, but also you know, give away as much possible. Yeah, yeah, totally. See, Ben, getting weird with. Maybe it's just getting weird with Ben and Tracy. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. That's actually pretty catchy. Uh, right? Like, like he's, he's making money off these things. We could make money, too. You just have to put some effort in and I do see. weird things. Just do weird things. I already it's offered happening. to be a doctor. Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty weird, yeah. Right? It's happening. Yeah. Okay, Can I, I need to start another project. Do I? 
<laughs> getting weird with and it's it's really just me in a diaper 24 hour co- 24 hour coding challenge wearing a diaper i mean uh, after uh, after this podcast it's like so inspiring but i mean it sounds like in order to make money we have to like do things like you know create a website and like create content and you know we could have just put out the free content yeah the free content <laughs> that's what it's about i don't know Not yeah sustainable, but. i started twitch streaming yeah do you twitch stream not, I have a Twitch and I did it for a little bit. Um, it's hard for me to, to do for some reason because it takes so much pre-planning. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm definitely like a, it's just like a, let's let's get going type of guy. Yeah. But yeah, no, I. I what, what about it as pre-planning though? Is it like planning like, out the content? Yeah. Like, okay. I don't know. The live coding thing is hard for me because I don't understand it necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, or like, I, I like to, I, I'm definitely like ADHD brain, so when I work on things, I'm jumping around a lot. You have to have like 10 windows open and that's how you're effective on one thing. Yeah. Or it's like, oh, I'm working on this. Oh, there's this thing I got. Oh, I'm working on. Okay. And then eventually it all come back around, but that's not super yeah. conducive for live coding. Really, yeah. it helps me to focus a little bit because I'm, sure. I'm talking yeah. about what I'm doing while I'm doing it. Yeah. And I know that people are watching me talk about it. So it makes me less likely to jump to something else. The reason I started doing it is I have a hard time getting reviews for RxJS mm. So I thought, you know, if I just live stream and record the work I did, then I can take it and put it on YouTube afterwards oh, and yeah. it in my PR and then someone can go and look and see exactly why. Watch this two hour live stream. Right. Totally. Before you ask questions. But you can get book, you can bookmark certain spots. Right? Oh, that's so nice. you can be like, you know, here's the spot where I did X. And like, it, and for open source projects, like, one thing as a you know contributor to things like it, it is intimidating to look at a project you've never contributed or you're not part of the community and you're and like people say oh contribute to open source and you're like okay how what do I, where do I even start right. and so if you were to have that familiarity with the project or the creator of the project or just in general like the flow of working in it that seems like it would be really beneficial overall. I used to, when, when Ben and I used to like spend a lot of time coding and stuff like that, like every time he was like looking at my code, I remember well, you and Jay both would be like, yeah, you don't have to do it that way. And I always felt like they were like dumbing it down for me mm. to like not overcomplicate things because I didn't need to know. So then I wanted to know and then like I wanted to do it the right way, mm-hmm. even though my app didn't really need it. And so that was like a, but I think like life coding really is like, oh, are you supposed to do it that way? Mm-hmm. Like, what are the best practices? Oh, you're using the shortcut. Like, oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> you know, like just learning all these fun, silly things. Oh, he wrote his test after he wrote the code. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah people, you know, people give so much good advice too while you're live coding, which is something like that took me a little while to get used to. It's like, you, you're, if you're live coding, because I would even more or less, I would stream to YouTube and Twitch, even though, yeah because YouTube is where my audience was. But so when I would do it, the the chat would be like, I would be like, oh, what is that thing? And people would be like, here's that thing. Oh, okay. And they feel so yeah, good. Yeah. yeah, totally. I love it. Yeah. And you learn. Yeah, we're going to start doing it with the podcast. So we're going to start doing, uh, there's no like timeline for this because we have some other things to take care of first, but we're going to start doing not only like video for the podcast, but we're going to be doing live episodes because um, so much of dev stuff is, visual you know yeah. showing and in a podcast medium that's always been like a challenge is how do you explain x y and z and if we can oh pull this up look at this all right yeah. let's hack on this together and like there is an episode we did where it's like scott teaches wes um svelte 
And because Wes didn't know it at that point. So it's like, I'm going to teach him Svelte on the episode. But now I think like that would have been so much better if we were live coding and doing some like real demos and he was actually getting his hands on the keyboard in a real way. So I I think that's going to be like a, a big thing for us going forward. Yeah. Well, it should be fun. Ben and I do this other podcast. We're actually not on the modern web as much anymore. Um, Rob is typically doing modern web, uh, but we are on Build It Better, mm. which is a podcast where we started because why? I don't know. It was like, bleh. I, I could, you know, maybe like sim with similar with you with syntax. It's like, mm-hmm. well, where's the hard stuff? Where's the stuff talking mm. about like architecture or like more complex problems and Ben was like yeah like let's talk about random edge cases of weird things from implementers the thing I wanted to talk about was to get like (laughs) you get somebody who's an implementer or somebody that's really smart in the room and you're like okay what's a weird problem that you hit tell me and it's usually something that nobody else really even needs to care about but to me those things are interesting because it's like you know just super bizarre stuff that doesn't yeah. doesn't make any sense about the platform yeah totally like, i didn't know that it's, those 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 are the things when you come to conferences like this uh and people are sitting around like when they're not talking about business or kind of having chats like this like they'll dive into Dude, that came across this weird thing the other day mm. then all and of a sudden finally somebody interested. cares yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah all of a sudden i'm really interested in what they have to say yeah. because that sort of stuff is interesting to me where yeah. like you know someone gives like a like here's the basics of react or something you know like or whatever it's a, i probably already know that stuff yeah or or i look at it and like if i wanted to know this stuff i, I would go somewhere else yeah, yeah go you, somewhere you'd else. go when you needed it right yeah, yeah. yeah totally but anyways so you should come on that at some point in time we'll definitely Anytime. ping you for that yeah um I'm around. still small we just started it like this year so we're still babies yep mm-hmm but, I'll ask you for some retweets. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll hook you up. I'm, I'm retweeting. Yeah. Yeah. See that cross promotion? It's like what I learned from Scott. Like, we're cross promoting the other podcasts. Yeah. Honestly, I think I've all, pretty much always retweeted anything someone sent me after your retweet. Yeah. Really? Uh, with a few exceptions. Like, I've had a few people that were just obviously trying to, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, you're saying this, like, on a podcast where people are, like, listening. So, like, you're going to get a lot of um, inquiries. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, sometimes, like, a lot of anybody that I don't follow, I think, goes into, like, the, like, other, the other DMs or mm-hmm. whatever, and then, like, mm-hmm. I don't get to those very quickly, but I do get to them eventually. <laughs> My DMs are, like, nonstop crypto scams, <laughs> whatever, lately. Yeah. It's, like, a huge problem. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for coming. Where do we find you? Uh, I'm at, uh, on Twitter, at S Tolinsky. Mm-hmm. That's S-T-O-L-I-N-S-K-I. I'm at at syntax dot or at syntax fm or syntax dot fm is the podcast so yeah that's where i'm at yay well thanks for coming on thank you so much anytime This podcast is sponsored by this.labs, a framework agnostic consultancy that specializes in JavaScript. You can find them at this.co slash labs. That's T H I S D O T dot co slash labs. Friends are all of your friends and you.